Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde. And Chris Fuller. And on today's episode, we are talking about how we should respond when the church hurts us. Whether it's church leadership or people in the church, how do we respond and what does that mean for us? Fuller, you ready? Let's do it. Let's go. Thank you for joining us at Real Talk Christian, a place where real Christians talk about real issues impacting the community and the world as it pertains to Christians. Now here are your hosts, Mark Hyde and Chris Fuller. What's up, Fuller? I almost never want that intro to end. It's just such a good song. It makes me happy. Yeah, it does. It's like takes takes you away. It's great. It's paradise. That's like, the name of the song. <laughs> well, let's be honest, dude. You dance the entire song. Well, yeah, people great. don't see like your yeah. head. Your head doesn't move. Although I caught you over shoulder. there doing the same thing. Well, I, I, I bop. Yeah, it's a bop. The head weaver. It's a bop. <laughs> well, dude, today is a first for our podcast. Actually, I don't know if you knew this or not, but today is the first time we are drinking coffee sent to us from a listener. Yay! Coffee sponsorship! Not, not really, not really. But <laughs> there's a, a friend of mine who lives up in Michigan, and they travel all around. They went up to the UP, and they knew we were always talking and asking for coffee because all we want is coffee. And so they sent us back two bags, and we're drinking from the first bag because I have to apologize. Our friend Soche and I cracked open the other bag in the office. I can't believe it. <laughs> we drank podcast coffee. I can't At church, Soche, you owe us an episode now. And and that no no what's what's that coffee he got that Reformation coffee or whatever yeah that it is? was pretty good I want to try that. So you haven't had that coffee yet. Uh-uh. See he keeps talking about it. he doesn't bring it into the office like he just whatever. So he's just a taker. He's not a giver. Exactly. That's that's <laughs> calling you out, Soche. <laughs> calling you out. It's so good. But hey, if you want to send us coffee, you can send it our way. Reach out to us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on all the platforms. And please send us coffee because we we need to be awake. That's the only sponsorship we're asking for. Well, from our listeners, I mean, it'll be dope if we can get some money. <laughs> That's true. But we got upgraded equipment, dude. We're like, yeah. we're going. You got us new headphones. We were on a decent. Well, it's not. It's new to us mixer. Right. Yeah. We tried a new headphone amplifier Splitter, that yeah. that didn't work. Didn't out work. Too well. So we're gonna. Well, send I mean, back it to worked, but it was only one sided. It was playing in like. It was playing like the right, yeah, it was splitting. Yeah. It was playing the right ear, yeah, not the left ear. I don't ears. understand that. I, I don't know either. But either way, we got new stuff, new coffee, good vibes. It is awesome. And for the time that we are right now recording, we actually checked the stats. So we want to thank you listeners before we move on. So make sure I get the number right. So far, oh, it changed. It just changed. Oh, boy. We are at 1.3 thousand listens. So 1,300 listens slash downloads. Of the last 15 episodes. Thank you very much, listeners. So I pray those are not bots from Spotify that are just skewing our numbers, <laughs> but that's what we're rolling with. So we've had 15 episodes, 15, uh, 1,300 downloads, so you guys are terrific. So I believe when thank you, you. I believe when you're listening to this, I believe this will be episode 21. 21, the week after Thanksgiving, so, if we do it right. Yeah, so um, I'm full. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say that now. You're, dude, you were sitting in my driveway eating your dinner before you walked in. Dude, it was Taco Bell. It was the best. <laughs> it's okay. I had a TV dinner tonight because I was rushing, but you know, whatever. But hey, so let's jump into the conversation. So this was a conversation that was actually requested 
of us to talk about by one of our by one of avid our listeners. yeah one of our faithful listeners. So this was not something like normally the content we come up with is just you and me going. What are we going to do next? Yeah, what what's not talked about in Christian circles? So and then we let's, go. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So so this one was actually sent to us from a listener. And please, if you have something that you want to have more information on, send it send it our way. Send a message and say, hey, I want you guys to talk about this. And uh, if it's good, we'll talk about it. Yeah. If it's something we don't hear very often, definitely we'll talk about it. Most definitely. So we're looking forward to Christmas and some Christmas episodes and stuff like that, too. So It's beginning to look a no. lot like... Well, oh. Oh, actually, technically, if this is after yes. Thanksgiving, that's right. allowed. Right. See. But I know in your house... It's already started. It started back in like Actually, June. we've been watching Christmas movies since August. Yeah. Like every day. And music is like eh, once every couple of days. I resisted Pentatonix Christmas today. What? I resisted it. How? It was up on my Spotify feed. I went, not today, Satan. Nope. <laughs> not today, Satan. Be gone. But either way, so let's jump into this conversation since we've wasted enough of your time already. <laughs> so, so, Fuller, set it up for us, man. So our listener that uh, sent us this topic um, wanted to know uh, how we should respond if the church, and when I say church, I mean fellow believers, leadership within the community that you fellowship with, um, hurt you. And I thought that was a very interesting topic. Mm. Um, It's a topic that really doesn't get discussed much. Uh, most of the time, if there's a church hurt, um, people leave or are asked to leave, depending on... Or splits or, yeah, or whatever. Right. Yeah, so um, that's kind of where the background of this comes from, this whole conversation. And, uh, you know, I had never really heard people talk about it much. Um, so I started doing some digging online, and you, can, you know, it's internet, so you can believe everything. But oh, Of course. Um, here's what I gathered... Uh, for this podcast, um, I had a question here where it says, uh, how often do Christians claim to have been hurt by the church or leadership in the church? Um, and the information I fo- found came from Barna, B-A-R-N-A.com, that, and it's a study back from 2010, so this was nine years ago. Um, they came out with an article that said, uh, the Barna indica- data indicated that 20 per- 28% of adult of the adult population has not attended any church activities, including services in the past six months. That translates to nearly 65 million adults when their children under the age of 18 who live with them are added to the picture. The number swells to more than 100 million people. And reading that article a little bit further, um, a lot of people claimed it was due to some type of church hurt that had happened to them in the past. So so let me ask, th- this was people who were in the church, involved in the church, and then just didn't go back because something happened. Right, and this is, again, back in 2010, so um, I can only imagine that if that trend was continuing, that the, the number is more than that. Yeah, and, and, and this makes, I mean, this is totally off, off subject. Some of it I wonder, though, is, you know, with a lot of the the way the world's going today mm-hmm. in terms of um, homosexuality, transgenderism, feminism. Um, How many were actually believers that claim this? <laughs> well, well, yeah, ki- kind of, but also just the fact that people are like, oh, the church hurt me, when in reality it's the fact of, no, the church didn't hurt mm-hmm. you. you. It was an act of sin. Well, um, you know what I mean? Let's. Uh, I, I read a few articles, and, okay. and uh, 
I believe that these articles were written. Some of them were written by by actual Christians. Um, some of them, it just seemed like your fly by day. Um, hey, I'm going to party and do what I want, but go to church on Sunday, and so I'm mad. But I'll go ahead and read them anyways. I kind of tried to get a slew of different um, statements that I had read through these articles. So, so some examples of church hurt that uh, I found. Um, people said I was abused. Um, I was manipulated. No one honored my gifting. Don't I have the right to be happy? The institutional or organized church is messed up. I had a sin and was outcasted from the church. The leadership did not listen to or value my opinion. So, I mean, this list could be going going on infinite. I know um, there's a story my wife has told me, and I'll kind of dive into this now, of um, her childhood church, and I won't say the name because I don't slander fellow believers. <laughs> I don't believe in it. Um, but this church, um, the pastor there, um, would preach from the pulpit. He would say, you know, kids, obey your parents, honor your father and mother, um, the typical staples that most children that grow up in the church here growing up. And then in the same week after preaching this sermon, he would have a youth event at his house. And um, my wife growing up was not allowed to watch um, anything but PG movies um, to protect her eyes kind of um, what she takes in. Oh, yeah, and definitely. That, it was great that her parents did that. Um, but she went over for this youth event to the to the pastor's house, and they wanted to watch Braveheart, which I believe... Braveheart's rated R. It's rated R, Even yeah. the TV edited version's rated right. R. Yeah. So, um, which that's crazy that they would play that movie at a youth event anyways. But... Uh, I, I knew youth groups that played Gladiator. Not mine, hmm. but... Because it's just a lot of blood and gore, but no anything else, according yeah. to the youth pastor. But anyway, continue. So, yeah, um, continuing on. So when they were playing this movie, um, my wife and her sister said to the pastor that, hey, our parents said we can't watch these types of movies. And the pastor's response was kind of flooring to to, be, to me coming from a pastor. It was um, something along the lines of, uh, it's okay, uh, just don't tell your parents. <laughs> and that's... Uh, that's a big thing, and I know my wife struggled for many years of how can I trust what a pastor says on the from the pulpit and take it as truth when he's telling me to do the exact opposite um, behind closed doors, if you so would. So I, I know there's um, a lot of examples, especially in the news coming out within the past five, six years of uh, molestations in the church now. I use the church word loosely there because mm. uh a lot of that comes from our um catholic brothers and sisters um and i'm, I'm assuming if they're doing that that they probably aren't true believers <laughs> those who are doing that in the leadership but i know that there's um a lot of other instances where things may have not been handled right um you guys listened to a few episodes ago paul kind of tell paul ingren um the guest we had on uh, kind of tell his story and how he was kind of outcasted by the church after his affair, even though he came to true repentance, and how he felt that um, some parts of that weren't dealt with in the right manner. And I think that uh, maybe that's something that we struggle with as a church. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I've been here looking on my phone because you're talking kind of reminded me of, of, of a situation where, not, not me personally, but um, 
in the youth pastor sphere, you know, I'm about I'm in about three different youth pastor groups, and one of them posted this pastor who um, I won't say his name, but it's it's all over the internet. He's an independent fundamental Baptist guy who will roast people from the platform. <laughs> like I'm talking, pointed like, them out. Like I have the video pulled up, and like it, they they posted it like two months ago, so I don't remember the exact words. But basically, it's the fact of this kid was falling asleep in church, which guilty. <laughs> but yeah. but you watch this man preach, it's like he's on, I mean, he's super loud screaming, his whole body's shaking the whole entire service, so it's like, it's, he's not entertaining, he's just creepy. But um, this kid fell asleep, and this pastor called him out, did all this, called his parents out that they aren't parenting right because their kid's obviously falling asleep in wow. church, and then went to the point of the fact of he's a rich, spoiled brat who doesn't know anything about, from the pulpit, rich, spoiled brat doesn't know anything about life. If he would have went to the other school across the tracks, he'd be killed. And there's a lot wow. of other things with it, with the fact of from the pulpit, and and there's other stories too um, of people who pastors would call things out on the pulpit in front of everybody, make people cry, do this, never go back to church again, all all these different things. And you know, as as a pastor, as a communicator, it's one of those things where obviously. As I'm talking to my people, there's different things that are going to come up, you know, right? Um, different situations, different things, and and I never want to preach at anyone. In my opinion, if I don't have the guts to talk to someone in their face, I'm not going to preach at them from the pulpit, right? But at the same time, we got to talk about truth, and there's that hard balance, and I don't think some people understand that there's sometimes the pastor's not calling you out. It's just calling sin out Even, from the pulpit, from yeah. what the passage is saying of what Jesus talks about, like like greed, for example. The right. fact of like I, this was the last sermon I preached in big people church. Um, it was about <laughs> is about greed and the fact of we always want more and more and more and more. And that's when I used right. the Lord of the Rings opening and how if greed if there was no such thing as greed, the Lord of the Rings wouldn't have existed. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, if he would have just thrown the ring, he would have thrown the <laughs> ring away. And then if Gollum would have, you know, well, Smeagol at that time wouldn't have killed his friend. And then Frodo and Bilbo and all these different right. things like the yeah. ring caused greed and it turns man's heart. But you know, if we're talking, talking about the greed that we have as as Americans, where we have to have more and more and more and do whatever we want. Well, there could be someone sitting in the audience going. Crap! Is he is, is he telling everyone is he, is he telling everybody my my story? Yeah. He's spilling the tea on me. When in reality, it's not true. But I think there's a difference between standing at the pulpit, standing on a pew, pointing at somebody, and going ham on them. Yeah, it's different than just calling sin a sin. Well, and it's not even just leadership in the church. Um, Christians in general to each other uh, can cause major hurt. Um, I think that. Uh, I think some of the things that were here was, uh, you know, manipulation. I was abused. Those don't necessarily happen. Have to happen by leadership. No, but uh, but sometimes, sadly, you hear of church pastors. And honestly, there was one in Northwest Indiana where the pastor took, like, you know, took a minor across state borders, did the unthinkable, mm-hmm. all these different things, and now he's rotten in a jail cell. Right. He was lead pastor of a massive church in Northwest Indiana. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think there's a a couple different things that can be said about that. Um, one, are they truly a believer, <laughs> or are they just playing church? Um, mm. And if they are, uh, we have to try to remember t- when we're dealing with each other um, that we're all imperfect humans um, that are trying to learn God's, God's heart, um, and we probably mess up more than we get right. Um, it reminds me of Romans 7. 15 through 23, where Paul talks about uh, 
uh, for what he's doing, uh, he doesn't want to do, and the things that he does want to do, he's not doing. Basically talking about his walk, um, that sin is still prevalent in his life, uh, but it's not who he is because his identity is in Christ. Yeah, yeah, and he talked about in that passage right there. I, I pulled it up too. Um, it's talking about the fact of his the different parts in his body is waging war. Right, like it's like it's a fight for him. Right, and so we we have to remember that that we're not one. We're we're our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities, and the things that we as a true Christian, as a true believer, um, the things we struggle with is we're struggling against the flesh. The spirit and the flesh are are contradicting each other. There's mm-hmm. a lot of um, things that my flesh wants that my spirit does not want. Like me, <laughs> my flesh wants cake. But uh, my spirit Amen. says that, you know, hey, you're pretty chubby. So No, no, the, your scale <laughs> says. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> So so let's real talk this then, dude. So not not about cake. I mean, we could real talk about cake <laughs> all day. But sorry, um, the bad example. <laughs> no, that's I'm I'm hungry now. <laughs> I want cake now. Um, cake sponsorship, anybody? <laughs> but um, no, but but real talk. I mean, you you talked about your wife, but is there? And, and then I'll I'll go if you want me to. But is has there ever been a time where the church has hurt you? Sure, sure. Um, as you know, Mark, and I think I mentioned this in our previous podcast, but I I grew up in a house church. Mm, yep. Um. And in my early... And if people are just listening, basically house church is a group of believers who don't meet at a corporate yeah, they church, be, they, they just meet in someone's house. They believe in trying to get back to the New Testament church where they met in houses and live life together. Right. Yep. That, and yeah, that'll be a future. I've already got our friend Paul and Grin lined up to come talk about that at some point. So, And I'm ready to have that conversation because <laughs> I'm not quite a house church guy. Yeah, so, so it'll be a good conversation. It'll be a good one. And I'm just going to mediate between the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate confrontation, bro. But anywho, so you're uh, in the house church. So I was in the house church in my early 20s, and um, my my walk was already starting to slip. You know, I, I, I've had this conversation with... Uh, episode one. Yeah. W- well, with that and, and with teens and, and you mm, know, yep. um, my, my walk was very much slipping. My relationship with God was slipping um, because of sin in my life. Um, but I was still attending, and um, there was a night at this particular meeting at this particular house. And I won't again. I won't say names because I don't like to church bash. <laughs> but um, I, though it, it's a little bit more freeing and open. And there would be times where we'd be like reading scripture, or talking, or praying, and we'd be playing like light music behind it. You know, oh, yeah, that chill vibes. I've done yeah. group. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, it was one of those moments where we were in prayer, and I was really crying out to God and just kind of playing my guitar. And the prayer had stopped, and they had moved into a conversation, and I was playing even lighter to where, I mean, I could barely hear it, playing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, crying out to God with the sin and how I was feeling and saying, God, I don't I don't know what to do. And the leader um, of this, this house group, this house church, um, came over, <laughs> and, and him and I have worked things out now, but uh, this was my breaking point at this time that, that I ended up leaving the church over. But he came over and he said, um, stop playing that effing music right now. We're trying to have a discussion. <laughs> and Like he like just dropped just, it. Just right there in my ear like nobody else heard it. And 
I was broken because I, I admired this man. Oh, I, man. I looked up to this man. This man was a father figure because, as we talked about in episode one, during my childhood, I didn't really – my father wasn't a good father figure. <laughs> um, he is now, but back then he wasn't. So I looked to this guy as not only a friend but as a mentor and a father figure and to have him just come down and just, bam, just nail me with it. It broke me at that time for where I was at in my walk. And I actually uh, walked – put my guitar down, walked to the bathroom and broke out sobbing for about 45 minutes in the bathroom. And I couldn't take it. I came out of the bathroom and I said, I'm leaving. I won't be back. My guitar was still there. I told my friend, Paul Lindgren, <laughs> I said, bring, you know, if you could take my guitar home, I'll pick it up from you later. And I just walked out the door and mm-hmm. never came back. So I was so hurt. If if they would have, or he, I guess, would have handled it differently. Yeah, I mean, is, is, was it the fact that he told you to stop? Was it how he did it? Like if he said, um, "Hey, dude," like it was, it was the words, how he did it, and the place I was at in my life, and that's a lot of this. It's it's um, where where people are at in their lives. Um, if we deal with them in a harsh manner, um, <laughs> it could break them. It broke me. Just somebody I looked up to dealing with me like that rather than dealing with me in the Galatians 6-1 way where gentleness and love and restoring right. and um, not this harshness, not this um, anger, hatred for what I was doing. I, it just it broke me because I looked to him yeah. uh, in that way. And so that's where you know I had experienced it, and I ended up walking away from the church. That's when I got heavy into drugs. That's when I got heavy into um premarital activities. <laughs> Sex. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I moved away. I moved down to Florida um, just to get away from everybody, and my life fell apart. And it was a breaking point for me, but God uses everything for good because he had to allow my, me to make these choices to get me to a spot where I would come to true repentance. So that's my story. <laughs> that, that's my story of how... That's a heavy story, man. How, how I had been hurt by someone in the church in the past. So, Mark, I'm going to pass it over to you. you I was wondering. Anything? Oh, you were waiting for me to was, say something? Yeah, I was, I was, trying, Sorry. To be, I was, I was trying to be polite. I was No, it's, it's one of those things where, in all honesty, it's I have such a personality that it's very hard to hurt me. Um, I don't know why. It, it, it always has been. Um, so I look back over the past, and, and honestly, my story's a little different, because when my dad passed away, the church were the people who stepped up. And mm-hmm. um, to this day, Pastor O, I mean, still was a great mentor to me. He's back in Northwest Indiana, different Northwest Indiana pastor than the other one I mentioned. Right. Um, and he's I actually just bumped into him the other day. I was reffing a soccer game, and he was coaching the opposing team, so that was really fun. And you said, I'm throwing card out, red card on you right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's too nice. That's his problem. He's too nice, too. Um, but no, so he became a father figure, and the youth pastor at that church did as well. And then when we moved back over to South Bend, um, the my youth pastor at that time... Um, it was still independent, fundamental, and but but I took everything with a grain of salt type thing, anyways. Right. Um. I, I gave a lot of people the benefit of the doubt, in in all honesty, where you're like, yeah, you know what, and and I, and I would talk to mom about it and be like, you know what, they believe a little differently about certain things, and and that's okay, like mm-hmm. that's fine, it's, it's 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 preference, and I think that's part of his mom had a lot of conversations with me, but looking back, I mean, even now being on staff at a church where my pastor is also my boss, yeah. I haven't really been hurt mm-hmm. by by church leadership directly. Now I will say that there's things that 
have influenced how I youth pastor and influenced how I do things. Like, like for example, um, I had a job in high school. I mean, my my stepdad left us. I mean, mom. I mean, she, even to this day, still works two jobs just to make right. ends meet. And so I, I had to work to go to college, and so I missed every Sunday night. And at that time, there was four services a week, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And to go on missions trips, you were only allowed to miss X number of dates. Well, I did right. that in the first month. Mm-hmm. And this was over the course of a eight, eight months period or whatever. Right. And so now it's one of those things where it's like as a youth pastor, I change things where it's like I've had kids who come from divorced homes, talk to their parents, and they're like, look, I don't get them on the weekends. There's no way they're going to come to church on Sunday morning. But you know who they are. Then you know who I am. Can they still come on the mission trip? And I'm like, well, of course, because this is going to be the time where maybe right. if they're not saved, they can come to know Jesus. If if they are saved, they can grow in their faith, make decisions. So I, I, I have changed things because of it, because everything, in my opinion, is a growing experience. But I've, since being a pastor, have been personally attacked by people in the church. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, um, I, I've had my family come after um, and this isn't recent. This is a few years ago. Right. Um, actually, I would say closer to four years ago now. Um, I've, I've had um, people personally attack my family, come after me personally hard. Wow. And, um, and they did nothing wrong in their eyes, and it wasn't until I apologized for how I handled the situation that all of a sudden it became fine, and I'm like, hold up, back up. Right. And um, I've also gotten you're the worst youth pastor in the history of youth pastor letters and and other things <laughs> like that. And, um, and 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 I know I have hurt people, right. and, and that's a hard weight to bear. Mm-hmm. And I'm 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 not a proud person. I at least well, let me back this up. I try not to be a proud person. <laughs> um, so so coming from the church leadership standpoint, like I I know I have unintentionally, and that's what I want to yep. say, unintentionally have hurt people. And there's some people who pastors who. They're like, oh, this pastor just didn't know this, that, and the other. And it's like, yeah, you're right. That They're a pastor of right. over 300 people. They can't be everybody to everyone. Yeah. And are you putting your hope more in the pastor more than Jesus? That's right. kind of my question. Um, but no, I've been attacked personally by, by people in the church. And this is where my struggle is, is I have something called the grace button. I don't know if I've talked to you about this before. Um, so, I don't think so. And it's my mom's personality. I learned this a couple months ago, and I asked her about it. Um, she calls it the, the door. Um, for me, you can do almost anything, like, like you can sin against me, you can call me names, do anything, but I'm pretty easy going. Like I'll for, I forgive a lot, but it isn't until someone presses the grace button that I'm like, all right, you're done. And there's only been a few people in my life that have pressed that grace button. Hmm. Very few people have. Um, and my mom calls it the door and she goes, you know, she goes, I'll leave my door open for anybody physically and metaphorically, but she right. goes, there's only a few people who I'll open the door and say no and close the door again. Hmm. She said there's only a few people that she would do that to. Right. And, and that's where my shortcoming comes in, is, is showing that grace and that forgiveness um, after my grace button gets pressed. And, and I still, I'm so kind, I'm so polite, I do all these different things, but I have a different personality too. It's very hard to, unless you come at me or my kids personally, yeah. it's very hard, very, very hard for, for that grace button to get pressed. Um but I'm, I guess I'm flipping it to the pastor side, where it's as as a pastor, you know, a lot of times people don't understand that sometimes we do fail and we know we fail. Let's let me back this up. Pastors are humans; we all fail. We yeah. all do our own things. We all sin. Now, the, the J- Janiel's pastor, youth pastor, 
That was just a that was blatant. That's a boneheaded move. I, I yeah, like I mean, that was just dumb. There's, there's unintentional, and then there's blatant. <laughs> like there's been times where like I'll do something with with Eli. Sorry, Eli. I'm gonna you might get in trouble. Where Eli and I will do something. He goes, "Is this safe?" And I'm like, "Yeah, as long as you don't tell your dad." Like, <laughs> but then you're I, not making yourself look good here, Mark. <laughs> but, but then I go up to his office and go, "Hey, Scott, just so you know, we did this. No one died. We're okay." <laughs> Um, but it's normally like Eli at the top of a 12-foot ladder trying to reach something, and it's just like, go to the very top step. Um, <laughs> or just, just stupid things. But um, but no, that, but the, the, there, there comes a line where, yeah, pastors need to practice what they preach. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I want to make sure people know to give grace to their pastor, too, and pray for their pastors, because we all carry weights that no people can well, imagine carrying. Well, that, that's kind of what I, I mean, so we've talked about, kind of how the hurts have happened. Right. And we know that there's hurts. And and we all have hurts, let's be honest. Right, we all have hurts. Right. And I, I would venture to say that if you're really, truly striving after God, pastor or just just regular Joe Schmo, um, that if you hurt somebody, it's unintentional. So give the grace that somebody who's hurt you, is it's probably At unintentional. At least you would hope that it was unintentional. Yeah, and... and um, you know, when we hurt each other, it's uh, it's not a good thing. We should we're all called to love each other. And First Corinthians thirteen four through thirteen, you know, is the love chapter. It's where love the is love described. Um, you know, I won't go into reading the whole thing, but I'll, I'll go ahead and give a quick reference to those of our listeners. You guys will know it as soon as I start saying it. It's love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous, love does not brag, it is not arrogant, and so on and so forth. Um, it describes for us what love is. And, um, again, we have to show grace and mercy and forgive, just like grace and mercy is shown to us and forgiveness is shown to us by God. Um, I think, uh, Pastor Scott, we talked about it this last Sunday. Yep, yep, I just pulled it he up. Keeps, he keeps stealing our, 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 uh, our podcast stuff, um, I don't know how he got. He must have got a hold of my show notes or something. I mean, because he preached straight out of the the same text um, that I pulled up for us, which is Matthew eighteen twenty one through thirty five, where Peter comes to to Jesus and asks him how many times he should forgive his brother. Um, should he, should he forgive him seven times? And I love how Scott presented this message. Uh, you know, most people are like, "What's you know seven? And it's like. What did, what did he say? Most times it was in Jewish in Jewish it was three times. Was that what it was? It was. It, I don't remember the number, dude. So, but if people want to go back and listen, it was the missing pieces series week three. Well, week four is what we're talking about right now. But he also talked about this in week three. But yeah, there was only a certain amount of times. I think it was that three a Jewish or four. Man had to well, man, woman, whoever had to forgive. Yeah, yeah, and it was three or four. So so Peter thought by saying seven, it was like, man, I've gone. No, it was three because seven. I was sitting there thinking, oh, it's double plus one. Mm. So he's like, I've given him double plus and it's, chances. And it's Peter, so we know Big Bad Peter is going to be like, yo, Jesus, so... Yeah, he's like, man, I am so... Look at go- me go. Yeah, I'm so good because I did it double the time I was supposed to. And that's when Jesus said, I say to you not seven times, but 70 times seven, which is, we know, 490. We're like, cool, 490. That's, that's the number we always stick with. But Scott really illustrated that it's not about that 490 number in that 
in that culture back then that you might as well have said it infinity. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he was just using that 70 times seven because Peter had said seven. Right. And so take, he would take just take that seven, multiply it by right. another seven. Hey, right. add another zero at the end of that. Right. Exactly. So, um, but he goes into, um, where Jesus starts to illustrate in that passage of how, um, a master or Lord had, um, a manservant who owed him what was it a thousand talents? It was, it was like talents, uh, ten thousand talents, like a year's wage. No, right? I thought it was more than that. Either way, he, he owed him a crap load. He owed him like he owed him a lot. I think I'm trying to remember what he said. Scott Scott kind of broke it down and illustrated it. I think it was ten thousand talents, which was like with inflation is just an astronomical unknown number i think because he said like a quadrillion or something he said that's what scott said during his sermon and uh and his master he pleaded and begged with his master to to give him time and he would get him the money and his master forgave him and um after that then he went and sought out another servant who only owed a hundred denarii and which it, that i think that was like a year's wage because i think a denarii no, was that was a week was a denarii week? was a week's wages one denarii Right, mm-hmm. so this was a hundred denarii, so that's a hundred weeks' wages. Um, and he grabbed him by the what did he say? Grabbed him by the neck or the throat? By basically like, <laughs> like the collar yeah. and like stood him against the wall and threw him in prison. And then yeah, so that's what the story that I'm sure everybody listening has probably heard of it. It is in Matthew 18. We 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 yeah. did mention that. Yeah, Matthew 18. Yep. What, yeah. what was I said? 21 through 35. I think it said 21 through 35. Yeah. yeah. So the, the the guy had owed a lot was forgiven by the king all his debt. Went out and found the guy who owed him just a, in, you know nothing in comparison, and and didn't show any forgiveness. Right. And then and then so then the the servants went and told the king, and the king's like, "How dare you? Yeah. How could you? Like, how dare I you? I forgave you this massive, unsurmisable amount." And you do this to this guy who owes you like nothing compared to what you owe me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, so. and 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 so what that's trying to illustrate is more the fact of by God we've been forgiven so right. much, and so it's like when when we don't forgive people for their shortcomings, it's kind of like really. And, and I want people to like it, like yeah, like you you need to forgive my shortcomings, right. Chris. Like that's not what I'm saying. It's it's, it's the flip side. But where I, it's, I've been forgiven so much, so when someone sins against me, that even fails in comparison yeah. with their in and, and and I know I my mouth gets me into trouble a lot but like if someone does something against me why shouldn't I forgive them well I we know yeah how much we've been forgiven and, and what it right. costs God and it should be done us. without even them apologizing I mean it should just be natural and I know we all have growing to do I have myself I have uh, you know I have to learn this as we're talking about it too that if Mark sinned against me, I don't have to wait for Mark to come and try to rectify the situation. I'm called to forgive as I have been forgiven. The Bible and God does not say, wait till that person comes back to you and apologizes and is really sorrowful before you forgive them. It says, forgive as you have been forgiven. And, and I've told teens this because, you know, I, I, I'm a smart aleck and I say things like, hey, if I cross the line with anything, please come tell me because I'll be honest. I have no clue that I did that. <laughs> and, and and Scott even mentioned it in the sermon. And and I want to say this, you know, if someone sins against you, what does the Bible say? Well, Jesus says, back up a little bit in Matthew 18, where you just go to the person right. and you say, look, and, and I love how Scott presented it, where it's like, okay, so Chris, 
you you might not have realized this. Help me understand. I think that's the, the main yeah. takeaway is if someone sins against you and they might not even know it, seek to understand, seek to understand right. and, and, um, and know what was going on. Because if you're seeking to understand, it's not a, hey, you did this against me and I yeah. can't believe you did this against me and blah, blah, blah. Now right. you sound like a Republican going out a Democrat. When in reality, like, you know, that low voice. But in reality, it's the fact of, you know, Chris, I help me understand, like, when when you did this, like I perceived it this way, is that is that correct? Or is that way? You, is right. that the way you interpret it? And if someone goes, yeah, well, it's like you don't turn around and go, oh, yeah, you douche. Like you don't turn <laughs> around and say that to their face. But um, it's more the fact of, and hopefully, if if you don't like that word, I apologize. There you go. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's the fact of the. Help me understand. Did, did this is what it came across? And most people are like, dude, I I had no idea. Right. I am so sorry. Please. Seriously, forgive Most me for that. People. Yeah, and and those who have the heart of Jesus and who understand it, and as brothers and sisters in Christ, they should. But at the end of the day, this is like the two challenges I want to give to people with this: is if someone hurts you, yeah, go to them. You know, get some guts and, right. and go to them. And say, hey, this is help me understand, making sure I understand this. But at the same time, when someone does sit against you, don't turn around and gossip. Don't turn around and slam people down. I mean, we're called to. To forgive, even if they don't, like you said, don't seek forgiveness. Right. Yeah, I, I would think to add on the wrong things to do in types of situations where leadership or just a brother or sister in Christ has hurt you is to let it pass, mm. to just take it and not do anything about it. Let it go. Well, not even let just it let it go, go, but like you were just saying, go to them. If, if it's bothered you, go and talk to them. Um, if if you don't feel comfortable doing it by yourself, take take somebody with you. Take your spouse. Take your and sometimes mother, it's take worth asking. Father. Sometimes is it worth asking? In your opinion, do I even need to approach that person? It depends on how much it bothers you. Yeah, you know, if you called me a numbskull right now, um, I don't I don't use that word. I you know me, I'm old school. <laughs> you called me a whippersnapper, <laughs> but uh, no, if I if, it, you if a, it bothered if me, if I called you a boneheaded idiot. Yeah, or whatever. I'm so, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. If you, if you said something something like that, uh, me personally, this is just for me. Uh, it wouldn't bother me that much, and I'd be like, okay, I mean, he must be having a bad day. But for some people, that might really, really bother them. For me, I can let it go. But somebody else that it really bothers you, you need to go talk to that person because you might have been just joking around, Mark, saying it. And not really mean anything by it, but just teasing. But you didn't know how how you hurts how it hurt this person. And if they if you go talk to them, they're now they're aware of that. Mm. Um, and most people who care when they're aware don't do it again. Um, and some people, let's be honest, need to grow some thicker skin. Let's just well throw it out there. But at the same time, as Christians, if we're called to love our brothers and sisters, yeah, I loving people is putting them above. I don't in see. Front of us. I, I'm gonna disagree with your thicker skin because well, I don't see that anywhere in the scripture. <laughs> well, no, no. Well, I see like, like, okay, like, like I've seen teenagers who have like, you know, like, like they, like they're they're playing catch the drive football. Oh, dude, like, come on, butterfingers, like catch the football, and like that struck them to the core, and it's like, yeah, but why? And that would be my question: is why insecurities? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, how can we help you through that? Right. And not well. I'm gonna keep name calling you even though you're insecure, to try to thicken your skin right, a little no. bit. Um, I think we need to be sensitive because everybody is in a different place right. in their walk, and we have to be aware. And, right. and we have to take care and 
and shepherd and come alongside with with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and um and understanding how yeah. they cuz if you call me a butterfingers I, I'll like that's funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean how much we raise each other all the time. All the that's time. that's pretty much a daily thing. I mean thing if you come to other. our small group you're screwed. Like yeah, our we small, go we go at each other. Our small group <laughs> thought that I was being really mean to you a couple times and they called me out for it and you're like <laughs> We're just joking around. This is like, like us every is, day. I'm this like, is normal. Yeah, like, but I see how it could be perceived by other people, even though you and I have this relationship that, you know, I, I razz you, you razz me, and it goes back and forth, and we just have fun with it because we know we both love each other and care about each other, um, and that's our and truth. And when push comes to shove. Yeah, yeah. If if you're having a bad day, I'm not going to come over and call you a, what is it? What, what was the, uh, I'm thinking of Buddy the Elf right now. Uh, Buddy the Elf. Yeah, and, and uh, oh, what is it called? He says this funny thing. He calls somebody this funny phrase, and I forget what it is. Anyways. All I know, all I know from that movie is, Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? Like, that's the yeah. only line oh. I know from that movie. Okay. Well, anyways, he says something funny, and it's a, like a name to somebody. And uh, But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's whatever. <laughs> so so let's land this plane. Yeah. So at, at the end of the day, um, when when people in the church hurt you, whether it's a pastor or not, as Christians, we're called to go to that person. And I don't remember what verse it is. It might be somewhere in James, but it's the fact that if we're supposed to go to them, less bitterness destroys us. I, I always think of Yoda. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. So fear, fear if you're afraid to go talk to somebody because of how they hurt you. It leads to stuff, anger. leads to anger, which leads to hate. Which, hating that person, which leads to suffering on your part because you're not affecting them at all, <laughs> right? And honestly, they're they're living blissfully unaware because right. they have no idea what's going right. on. So, so if someone does sin against us, we are, for lack of a better word, called to go to that person. Yeah, and in it, my opinion, and this is just words of wisdom. It's more of the fact of seek to understand. Yeah, see, try to help the person understand. Like, hey, is this? Did I interpret this correctly? Right. Uh, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. I, uh, and I think that sometimes you're not able to go to that person. There might be, you know, too much. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, had my dad and I never reconciled a relationship from my childhood, had, say he passed away or I passed away, um, I can't go and approach him and talk to him about it like I have. Um, so that's where that forgiveness comes in. We're called to forgive. Um, we're called to forgive infinitely. And so we need to do that and not, not – only for the other person, but mostly for ourselves, mm-hmm. so we don't grow that bitterness in our heart and that anger and hate. And, and I want to end it with two thoughts, besides the, all the other thoughts that we've had the last forty minutes. But um, you know, when when people tend to walk away from the church, or they lose, they they walk away from Jesus because the pastor hurt them. My question is: is what pillar were you resting on for your Christian faith? Yeah. Were, were you resting on? The, the pastor pillar, were you resting on the people pillar, or the fact of, you know, if, if people cause you to walk away from Christianity, the, the, there's, there's an old quote where, if, if like, if people cause you to walk away from Christianity, you weren't a part of Christianity, you were part of something different. Yeah. But if your hope rests on who Jesus is and who God is, where even though the church still hurts you, yes, you're suffering, you need to find a place to recover, at the end of the day, you're your faith isn't based on people. It's based on, based on Jesus. And, um, George Barna, um, I'm going to steal your quote here because I know you, you put it down here. Um, it says in the midst of the emotional and spiritual upset that occurs, that, that occurs when a church hurts or disappoint us, we tend to lose sight of the fact that the local church is merely a collection of people on a challenging journey. Mm. 
a group of people that are involved in long-term transformation process. In other words, we're all on a journey. We're all getting there. We're not there yet. We ain't going to be there yet till Jesus comes back or we die. Right. Hopefully Jesus come back soon. I'd prefer that a lot more right now in today's day and age. But we're, we're all on a journey. We're all broken people trying to get somewhere. And in the same way that, you know, if when my kids grow up, when Evie hurts Elliot or Elliot's hurt Evie, and that even happens now, at the end of the day, you're still brother and sister. So let's right. figure this crap out. Let's let's figure this out where the fact of, you know what, your literal brother hurt you. He's still your brother. Let's let's figure out how to work together. And and normally, normally when you figure things out, your relationships get stronger too. Hmm. Yeah. That's all I got. I, I would mic drop, but we don't have enough money to buy a new mic. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. No, so, but if you have any more thoughts, I want to end it this way. If you have any more thoughts on this conversation, things you agree with, disagree with, feel free to let us know, man. The conversations never end. Yeah. Never, yeah. never We're always end. open. But this conversation is coming to a close because it is now time for Fun Facts with Fuller. Fun Facts. All right. Fun Fact today. Oh. Because I already mentioned cake. I'm going to mention another sweet <laughs> treat. So I'm... A- I'm a chubby kid. <laughs> we just had we just had Halloween. Now we have actually I want some Skittles. I'm gonna Jack Elliott Skittles oh, in a I'm second. I'm about ready to make you want something else. Oh. Did you know it takes exactly three hundred sixty-four licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? No. A group of engineering students at Purdue University designed a machine to answer the classic question, how many licks does it take to get to, to the center of the Tootsie Pop? And they found the answer was three hundred and sixty-four. For what it's worth, there's still debate over this question. A doctorate student at the University of Michigan determined the answer to be 411, while a group of students at uh, Swarthmore Junior High School determined it to be just 144. Are you hungry yet? (laughs) Elliot does have some Tootsie Pops in his little Halloween basket that he, he would know if they disappeared. But the question is, is it worth it? And we have PhD students trying to figure out. Yeah. They're wasting their heart. You know. If you're that smart, that talented, you got a PhD in Michigan, go do something else besides figure out how many All I know is Mark pops. just said he's got Tootsie Pots here. Tootsie what? Tootsie Pots? Is that what it? I don't roll that way. Tootsie roll. I'm not about that life. Pops. No. Would Jesus smoke pot? No. Would Mark, would Mark do Tootsie Pot? No. Nope, I would not. Tootsie Roll Pops <laughs> is what I was trying to say. I got a little tongue twisting. Yep. But if you you know, if you guys want to come over and continue to this theory, he will gladly take your forty thousand dollar tuition per year and let you eat all of his Tootsie Pops. I will Roll let Pops. you eat my son's Tootsie Pops in front of him <laughs> if you give me forty grand right now. Right now. But on that note, I'm gonna go get some candy. I don't know about you, Fuller. Yeah, I can't partake in that Halloween candy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good episode too. All right, sign off. See you guys later. See ya. Thank you for listening to Real Talk Christian. To help get our podcast into the ears of other people who need to hear these conversations, we would love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. To keep the conversations going, feel free to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and share our content with others. See you next time. But no, so this coffee is from, uh, making sure I get this right, Marquette, Michigan, and it's called Dancing Crane Coffee. I believe it's pronounced Marquis. Mar- Marquis, it's up in the UP, that's all I know. But this is what's cool about it. So 
It was oh sorry, it's actually in Scandia, Michigan, which I don't I don't know where that is. It's got to be somewhere up there. It's in the UP. Yeah, it's in the UP. That's all, that's all I know. But this is Fair Trade Coffee. In case anybody's curious, it is a dark roast, and it was roasted three weeks ago or and less than a month ago. It's the smoothest coffee I've ever drank. Oh, dude, it's so good. It's there's, there's no bitterness. No. It doesn't kick you at all. It's just a smooth, gentle coffee. The thing I wish it did, though, like I like it when coffees tell me what to expect. Like, like you know, like you go to Starbucks and you have like the the, the row of like the what the wall of coffees. Yeah. They're like this one has dark cocoa. This one has light cocoa. This one has maple. This one has this blend or whatever. I don't know what this has got. No, but it's delicious. It's, it's probably good. better than Starbucks, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Well, Starbucks coffee itself isn't the greatest thing in the well, world. Well, they over-roast it oh, yeah. to preserve in- it. So. Intentionally. But yeah. the, the, the beans are still oily when, yeah. when we, ground, we, we grounded them up fresh tonight. Yeah, they're delicious. 